good brunch time, Mitsuits. Welcome back to Read and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television and stuff. This is episode number 260. Wow. We have now done as many episodes as the number of years women were banned from the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. Recently overturned. Uh-huh. Finally. Wait. Yeah. Hold on. So 260 years? Uh-huh. And it's... Is that when it started? 260 years or, ago, presumably, is when the club started. I can't imagine it was, like, women for a week and then they canceled it. Right. So, but didn't you call it ancient? Um, yeah, the, it's called the Royal and Ancient Golf Club. That's a little... You don't get to do that. For you don't get to call yourself years? ancient. You, no, that's not ancient. That's not ancient, ancient at all. No, and that's you would like think Roman they would time. know. Yeah. Being in I, the land of... You don't get to call yourself ancient. I you call people in the 40s ancient. Maybe well, they that's started, lame of you. Maybe it started out as a joke. Like and 260 again, years ago, they went. Oh, like, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ancient. We're ancient. We're ancient. Right. And then it just has been enough time where it's that awkward middle distance. Because, like, in a few hundred more years, we'll get... Oh, ancient, of course. Yeah. Or right. what so if it was just, just like... Years. What if it had been around since ancient? They just only chartered the club with the official no women rule 260 years ago. Uh, it could be. So it was unspoken, and then they had to write it down. Right. And then... Was, was, okay. Yeah. Or spoken, not not written, or... Yeah, that's a reasonable solution. Whispered. We can move on. I don't know how <laughs> Yeah, works. listeners, write in and tell us more facts about the Royal and Ancient Golf Club. Also, because <laughs> we on don't the have show Google. has a different way of pronouncing the word ancient. Really? An- just ancient? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, everyone's Ancient's. saying variations on ancient, ancient... Ancient. Who's, ancient. who's saying it with a K? Ancient. I think I'm saying it with a K. Ancient. No, then... I got in trouble for saying it like I was sort of like the beginning of anxious yeah, back in an- the day. And then ancient. I changed how I pronounced it because that's how malleable I am. So <laughs> I, write in and pester me about pronouncing yeah. things. Guys. I say it enchant. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's correct. Ancient. <laughs> uh, anyway, so speaking of things that think they're alive, this week we're talking about Short Circuit. That made way more sense a long time ago. Also, it wasn't a great joke even then. <laughs> This week's episode is sponsored by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Go to that address anytime you buy stuff, uh, especially from Amazon. I mean, that's the best one. Anyway, and if you do that, a por- percentage of your portion... Nope. A percentage of your your purchase goes to us. I originally wrote a percentage of your purpose goes to us, and we get none of your purpose. <laughs> I don't know why you're buying it. We don't see that information. It doesn't <laughs> fill us with a portion of your purpose. Yeah, we don't. We have none. Or a portion of your porpoise. <laughs> yeah. We get, we get no porpoise. Just- if we were yeah, eating a percentage of a porpoise. Half of a percent of a porpoise. I get it. I don't know what you guys do. <laughs> You've got dolphin safe nets here, guys. Don't even worry about it. I would yeah. take like a 1% share in a porpoise if we were like like investing in it, not eating it. What yeah. would you even do with a porpoise, like, though? A porpoise for a purpose. <laughs> Resell it later? <laughs> yeah. Do you Are, you like price? Are you keeping yeah. it in your bathtub? Well, I only get 1%. I, no, I mean, it's more like like you don't get a company in your bathtub when you buy shares you, in it. You're just investing. Well, no, because <laughs> your company isn't a mammal that lives underwater. Right. <laughs> also, if your company was like uh, bathtub installers, then you might get them there. Yeah. This is taking a while. So this episode is also sponsored by Dave. We're never going to get to the show. Uh, Dave from Santa <laughs> Rosa, California, sponsored this show. Uh, hey, Chris, Davis. Yeah, Chris Davis. Davis. Uh, he says this, quote, It was my favorite movie as a child. How could it not be? Lightning stripes, strikes a top-of-the-line military prototype robot, and it comes to life. I rewatch it and the sequel once a year. 
and mostly think, damn, this robot would actually be a shitty soldier. Uh, also, Steven Gutenberg is a white guy pretending to be Indian. So, yeah, Dave, nope. it has all of those things in it. Chris, no. Nope. Uh, I want to be best friends with him, because <laughs> I love Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2 so much and that, you, that you just... Yeah. You just want to watch you, them twice a year? Yeah. And your only access to it is through Dave? Yeah. Your Short Circuit well, dealer? I'm not saying I need to be... It's a, it's a want thing. It's not oh, okay. need. That's, that's yeah. nice of you. I would enjoy watching it with Dave. Do you, uh, at home, want to make us watch something that you sit through twice a year and then become Steven's friend automatically? You can go to readdeshweep.com, sign up for a mailing list, and you'll have a chance to sponsor an episode, and you can do just that. Some restrictions apply. Steven's friends are not guaranteed. No, it's guaranteed. Some of us have been no working on it for years and don't feel like it's doing very well. I just, I'm kind of a needy friend. I've <laughs> been going through a lot lately, so. <laughs> Dave, what's your home number? <laughs> just say it out loud. We'll hear. Yeah. yeah. He'll know. Uh, all right, you guys. Let me introduce your panel. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And joining me today in our Brooklyn studios, he's at C. Walter Smith. Please welcome back Mr. Chris Smith. Alex, I'm going to need some Hueys. <laughs> I don't, is that what we're calling them now? Yeah. You know, helicopters. Oh. But now they're called Hueys. I call them choppers. No, no, no. Now they're called Hueys. I thought he was saying heli, because I've heard them call them helis, or helos. That's what I've heard them called. Helos. Hmm? Yeah, haven't you heard You've that? heard that? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Get to the Hilo. Well, now they're called Hueys, because I run security at Nova Corp. Isn't Huey a brand name? Are we doing some name brand word association? Isn't that bad and dangerous? Mm. Hueys? No. They don't make helicopters? It's Huey like brand? Kleenex. I've, I've never yeah. really heard of, no. like... No. <laughs> Huey brand helicopters? All right. Takes uh, a licking and keeps on sticking. <laughs> Huey brand helicopters. <laughs> The stickiest in the game. With a name like Huey's, it has to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a name like Huey's, it's Choosy really moms, s- choose Huey's. <laughs> oh, they'd be called Huey a moms. sticky helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because then they wouldn't be choosing. They're just named Huey moms, so of course they have Huey's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Huey moms are required by law to choose Huey's. But choosy moms choose Hueys. That's a that would be a very different advertising campaign uh, for GIF if it was like people at federal penitentiary are required to choose GIF. That'd be fun. <laughs> I don't think you can be required required to choose. Yeah, yeah. Like there's always a there's always a bin of atoms and you just are never allowed to pick it. Yeah, your choice is fish. <laughs> also joining us today in our Brooklyn <laughs> studio, she's at the Tanya Best. Please welcome back, Tanya Davis. Hey, Laser Lips, your mama was a snowblower. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Sick Robot taunts. That's Sick right, I went there. there. Yeah, it really hurt me with that Laser Lips. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he doesn't have lips. Yeah, he actually has no lips, so that's maybe the Just like Larry part. the Cucumber. Oh, right. Yeah, he just has a light-up mouth area that is totally superfluous to his operation. Yeah, his mouth area doesn't actually produce any sound. It's just no. lights. Yeah. Well, and I like that you guys have skipped over the thing that I was more interested in in that insult, which is the hierarchy of different appliances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and which ones are kind of slutty. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, I mean, the thing about a leaf blower is even though leaf is in the name, it'll blow anything. Yeah. But right. a snowblower? Oh, sorry. Same with a snowblower. Oh. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like, what is a leaf blower worse or better than a snowblower? I th- Neither are very discerning no. in my experience. <laughs> mm. Snowblower is a little more seasonal. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, so is leaf blowing. You're right, I take yeah. that back. It's not like you're blowing leaves while they're still on trees. I feel like at some point there's... Except for your mama. Oh. <laughs> nice. One time I saw a guy use a leaf blower in the spring, and I nearly vomited. <laughs> he would have been able to clean that up. I wonder what, well, I wonder if there's like a special like thing on snowblowers. It's like, do not use on leaves. <laughs> Don't you dare. I, I'm sure oh, there are a lot question. of pages of warnings. Are there differences in how they how the how it blows? Yeah, a snowblower like it actually sucks first and then blows. It's more of a it's more of a snow pump, whereas a a, a leaf blower is yeah. just straight air. It's just and a, I guess okay. it just depends on uh, your preference, eh? There, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I much prefer a snow pump. I don't understand why you're. Maybe this is sex now. I don't get it. <laughs> We're still talking about seasonal things on the ground, right, guys? <laughs> You have a great, like, I just turned this into a sex joke voice. Uh, like, I secretly did get that one, but you could say pretty much anything in that voice. If you're like, yeah, I got that on instant streaming. And I'd be like, whoa, gross. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. So use that power for good or evil, Tanya, as you see fit. Ah, we'll see. Okay. Also joining us today, the thin-voiced ranger. Please welcome back at Carter Street 42 on Twitter, Mr. Stephen Carter. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Oh, I would. I really, really would. I don't. Can someone explain that marketing campaign to me? Dr. Pepper's marketing campaign from 1985. Yeah, could you? I, I mean, I know that it's, it's better than the more realistic drink Dr. Pepper. It doesn't taste great. <laughs> they all okay. get out of that one. All right, it's a step up. Yeah, <laughs> their marketing campaign from exactly never. <laughs> it's like soda, but worse. Right. Is the soda beckoning me to become soda? Or maybe it's a taunt to all other sodas that wish they were doctor. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, it doesn't I even say doctor, that. though. It just says pepper. So maybe it's like, you could use a little spice in your life. Try to be an Anaheim chili. Mm. Wait, so, you oh, could use yeah. use a little spice in your life is actually kind of a cute tagline for Dr. Pepper. <laughs> that would be really good, yeah. Wait, spice so, but in life. this case, if it's directed to other sodas, this would be like if Arby's marketing was just like, hey, fuck you, McDonald's, you're not... Arby's. <laughs> it's like a Basically, smear campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Fuck you, McDonald's. You yeah. wish you were roast beef. <laughs> I, it, I'm glad you guys like my, my slogan, though. I, uh, call me Dr. Pepper. If someone ever says, hey, the 80s called, for, it's for you, I'll assume it's Dr. Pepper's marketing department from then. <laughs> Who's going to do that? You have your own phone. <laughs> I guess that's true. You know how people do that, though, where they're like, the 80s called. They want to offer you a small job. I know, yeah. but usually they're just making We all have fun. phones now, though. Yeah, they're not know. taking messages. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe if it's like somebody's trying to issue a subpoena to you and they don't know where you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then the they'll eight- go through friends and family. Yeah, the 80s called. Don't roll down your window or you have to appear in court. Right. What if it was like the '80s texted? Then what do you do? Because you have like how did how did they learn that? That's just super texted. confusing. How did they figure that out? Yeah. But at least I don't have to check my voicemail, which I'm not going to do anyway. Oh man, the is eight- there anyone who likes checking their voicemail? Oh, I, there's got to be somebody. There's got to be some like older older lady who's like uh, she gets like spam calls, but and they go straight to voicemail, but she's still excited to hear from somebody, so she's like, "Oh, it's that little guy at Comcast again." Or every time that light blinks, I have a little present. Yeah. I wonder who it's from. Wonder who it is. That's got really grim. 
really I know. fast. Some people just like talking to salesmen. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, let's talk about Short Circuit now. How about that? I like okay, talk, I like sure. Yeah, talking about it. Yeah. Chris, today would you summarize in the style of a Riley, a Wiley newborn robot? As long as I can name it after my favorite song. Number seven. Oh, number five. Mambo number five. Is that your favorite song? A what? No, he calls himself Johnny after the song Who's Johnny? Oh, he also they also call him number five after Mambo yeah. number five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Little bit of robot in my life. Little bit of lasers by my side. <laughs> oh, he does have lasers by his side. That was a good one. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he does. All right. Um, all right. So uh, Short Circuit is uh, a movie about a wonderful robot. Uh, who starts out as a prototype among other prototypes by, made by the Nova Corporation for military use. It's a really grim uh, <laughs> prototype where the idea is they airdrop these robots into downtown Moscow holding nuclear bombs in their arms. <laughs> and then this robot hides until after the first strike stuff happens with the mutually assured destruction. And then it sets off the nuclear bomb that Russia wasn't expecting. Man, I mean, like, pretty ease, grim. huh? And, uh, yeah. And the robot had, it basically, if you've seen the Disney movie Wall-E, uh, looks a lot like that. Mm -hmm. Or if you've just seen Short Circuit, it looks exactly like that. Um, but he, <laughs> he's basically that was one kind of, of the lazier box. descriptors I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, he looks like himself. You if know? you've seen this movie, but he's basically, it looks like that. He's basically, yeah, he's, he's a binocular on a stick, um, with some arms, and he has little treads, and he has a giant laser cannon. And, um, you know, he is very expressive with his eyes. He's got these, like, little flaps and, yeah, and little, like, Yeah, for some reason, they gave him jet flap eyebrows. Yes. Which is pretty yeah. delightful. Yeah. And um, so they're doing this demo, and the weapons demo goes really, really well. Nova's very pleased, and they're having the cocktail party. And they have the robots serving the drinks and stuff like that. And then one robot goes upstairs, number five. He gets hit by lightning, or I guess the transformer he's plugged into gets hit by lightning. And that screws him up a little bit, and he Ooh, runs away from phrasing. the base. Yeah, he runs away from the base, and, and they don't know uh, why, but he, he goes, and he's learning all over again. He's learning about the world, and he's, for lack of a better word, now alive, where he's learning, he has a personality, um, and he is, is actually very kind in a lot of ways now, um, as opposed to his deep, dark purpose. Um, he was built by the Nova Corporation. There's the boss, Howard, and then there's the chief scientist who made him, and uh, that's Steve Gutenberg, the Goot. And then you've got the Goot's uh, assistant, Ben, who is, uh, how to say, Fisher Stevens in brown face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty upsetting. Yeah. Um, but, that's super uh, upsetting. Yeah, so they're all... And, and also Commandant Lassard from... Uh, from Police Academy is the head of security, and and he's kind of the bad guy trying to trying to destroy the robot at all costs when everybody else just wants to like capture him and bring him home. Um, but uh, Johnny, or sorry, number five, I guess this robot number five, Mambo, um, Mambo. Uh, he's in Oregon, and uh, and he goes uh, to and he finds the house of Ali Sheedy, who's been uh, just basically bringing in all kinds of animals into her house. And so when she sees this robot who like crashes into her catering truck um she at first thinks he's an alien 
but brings him in anyway and starts teaching him about the world and tells him what the ceiling is and the floor. And he's kind of, you know, rudimentary language at this point. You know, he's like, need import. And um, so she gives him uh, an encyclopedia set and, and he TV. just reads the whole thing and like, uh, yeah, and TV and like he's just like learning about the world. And uh, the rest of the movie is him thinking he can interact with the world, like thinking he can make breakfast. Thinking and then he, he's people. Yeah, he thinks he's people. And, uh, and, and then Gutenberg and Ben are trying to find him and bring him back to Nova. Security guy wants to destroy him. And Ali Sheedy is just sort of along for the ride being fun. And um, eventually the Goot and Ali Sheedy team up and, uh, you know, start to like each other. And uh, mm. the Goot realizes that Johnny Five is alive. And uh, then they fool the Nova Corporation security people and run away, all three of them, together. And um, that's kind of the I, movie. I mean, I don't want to be, make this too metaphysical, but I'm not super pleased with them all just going like, well, he is very expressive. Yes, that is life. Yeah, it's like they never watched that like film in elementary school where it's like from the point of view of aliens, and they're like, what is a living thing? Yeah, and like I didn't watch that know. either, but yeah, that's a good... Okay. But okay, but Steve Gutenberg stayed up all night talking with number five <laughs> to figure it out. And eventually yeah. he laughed at a joke about Jews. So he is yeah, alive. So yeah. Yeah. They were like, Well is he racist? Oh he is. Okay. He must <laughs> yeah. be alive. Racism is a precursor to aliveness. That's okay. I, actually yeah, now that you point that out, now I do th- I agree. I think he's alive. Yeah. Hey Chris, in your summary you left out that this movie is perfect in every way. <laughs> I'm sorry. And according to Steven, this movie's perfect in every way. Really? Except for the, 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 the racial issues. Yeah, the, the brown face was not not perfect that in any a, ways. A, and the weird. slightly anti-Semitic jokes. Right. The anti-Semitic humor. Uh, so other there's than the, a lot of stuff that's super perfect if you just ignore the racist part. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just there's a lot of nice things to be said about the Nazi party if you just ignore all yeah. of the racist stuff they were doing. Yeah, the South. A lot of film in the 40s. A lot of great stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, how good are we at ignoring racism on this show? Not great. I mean, we tend to find it, right? We sneak it out. Yeah. Yeah. Sneak it out, though. Sorry, I meant sniff it out. Just, and then, But then we sneak it out. We, we, like, <laughs> we sneak out the racism. <laughs> we tiptoe out racism. <laughs> just like Johnny Five escaping his Nova Corps captors. Well, <laughs> underground railroad of racism. <laughs> That we got going on here. We just we gotta find it a happier place to live, like 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 Twitter. Right. That's where it needs to be. Get out of Oof. the '80s movies. Go to Twitter. Uh, let's do a compliment, Stephen. Uh, I can tell that you already have some, but we like to start a show with every show with a compliment. Uh, more specific than perfect in every way. You have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Um, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go last this time. All right, Tanya. Why don't you go yeah. first? Okay. Um, well, tying into my opening quote, which is a robot insult, I'd really like there to be like a book of robot insults. Like this, this enlivened me to a whole category of of humor that I didn't even know could exist, and now I just wish it would. You like mean a, like a thousand one robot robots. insults for all yeah. occasions? Yeah. 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 Like, how do you? I don't know. How do you tell off a robot? What other stuff can you say about robots that's like really insulting to robots? Actually, I I wonder if we could just collect to start this book. I mean, we could write around, but we could start by seeding it with other insults from uh, robot movies, um, like the like bucket of bolts you hear a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
cheese grater. That's a mean name to call a robot. Is there? I feel, I feel like rattling around my mind is that in, at some point some robot calls another robot like a. You might as well be a toaster. I don't. Yeah. Know why I think yeah. that that's something that happened. Yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. I feel and like then, that's like computers to other computers. Yeah. yeah you might you as well be a, a toaster. If you want to make it a super insult, you'd be like, you might as well be a French toaster. Covered in eggs. Dripping in eggs. <laughs> Chris, isn't there a... Uh, Chris and Steven, you should know this. Isn't there a... Like, doesn't like Han Solo call robots names a lot? Doesn't he have insults for droids? I like Star Trek, not Star Wars. For oh. the thousandth time, Alex. <laughs> I don't see. I don't understand. What's the difference? Yeah. Do they ever insult Data like that? They're pretty respectful of Data. Yeah, that's I the mean, thing. who would disrespect Data? Yeah, yeah that would he be could insane. kill you with his thoughts. There was that whole like two-parter or whatever about like whether you should have rights and shit, but I don't think anybody said anything insulting about him. Uh, I mean, that I, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, not alive for him. Also, whoa, whoa! It's awkward that like the dark guy on the show had a whole like arc about whether or not he should have rights. The dark guy. Data. Data's the pale what? robot guy. Oh, God. I'm doing Jordan? it again. Steve Jobs is black. You're sneaking out ro- uh, racism. <laughs> so this one Wait. time, nobody questioned whether Jordy was This alive. one time, <laughs> Steve Jobs, sorry. Just because he's blind doesn't Steve mean he's... Steve Poole. So Tanya confused Steve Jobs with Seattle area weatherman <laughs> Steve Poole. Somehow Chris kept saying Steve Jobs to me, and I kept picturing Steve Poole. Like, just over and over again. And I was like, Steve Poole. And then something came up where it was mentioned that Steve Jobs is a white guy. Yeah. And Tony was like, like, Steve Jobs is black. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Steve Jobs is black. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then I just, like, I, I mentally put... LeVar Burton in that like the data visor role. thing and decided no, he, he was wearing a visor but he's human oh my God. that's because Jordy that's... is blind yeah Jordy is blind yeah. yeah this is what I get for not actually watching shows and then trying to speak about them but and data at the start is... of the show he was the ship's pilot too yeah that's, that's how weird. fucking advanced our society will be that's amazing <laughs> I can't wait and we give up money yeah this yeah. is fun this is an ongoing series of stuff Tanya super doesn't know about <laughs> yeah <laughs> People that Tanya just learned are white. Yeah, yeah, that's right, guys. Steve Jobs, Data from Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> All right, Chris, why don't you go second with your major compliment? Uh, yeah, so we talked about robot insults. Uh, I just want to compliment Johnny Five, the robot puppet in general. Like the expressiveness that they got out of him was amazing. It's really incredible. Yeah, really uh, great. they did. Um, I, I read this online. They did most of his arm movements with um, live puppetry, where they had a telemetry suit and motion capture. Or not motion capture, but like it read with a lot of sensors where the arms were going. So they did that live. Yeah. They did the voice live, and like the robot was so good that the actors, I think, really, you know, they were able to get good performances out of the actors interacting with the robot as well. Like Ali Sheedy, I think, is is pretty great when she's just like showing the robot the world because he's knocking over stuff in real time. Yeah, and they and they live read all the. They didn't do all the voices in post because they wanted to react better, and also yeah. spent like ninety percent of the movie's budget on the robot. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah, it does. I think that was an excellent call. Yeah, me too. That's. I mean, it's the it's the titular character, assuming its name is Short Circuit. Yeah. <laughs> it really should. Be. Yeah, the titular character of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's two characters that fall in love. 
Mr. Pride and Mrs. Prejudice. I don't or probably Ms. Prejudice. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> oh, where's Mr. Prejudice? She <laughs> <laughs> off at the judgy wars. He snuck out. Uh, I'm gonna go next. My major compliment is uh, the live. Okay, so the the situation where they demonstrate this robot is really awesome. It's a live fire demonstration <laughs> with incredibly oh, powerful lasers at shooting at tanks that are shooting live tank rounds and they're doing it just on this flower covered field and then with bleachers and just everybody is sitting with no protective gear whatsoever and they just watch this live fire demonstration and then have the laser robots serve drinks uh it's just a great just people had so much bravery back in the 80s you know that was that was when men were men and robots were also men. And people were just coming around to the idea of seatbelts in cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were so they were so into just being there and watching that demonstration. I thought it was really impressive. I did want to note that the the flowers in that field are all poppies. And at first I was like, is this some sort of like World War One reference? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, or Wizard That's of really Oz. Funny. Yeah, like it opens on these like poppies in a field and this and tank, tank crushes them. Over, yeah. And I was like, what is happening? Isn't that also kind of how Terminator started too? Nope. I haven't seen the first one. Uh, you haven't? No, just T2. This is Let's pause this and watch the first Terminator. I haven't seen it either. Oh, and I haven't watched Star Trek just to really put a line on <laughs> <into> that. <laughs> I'm in hell. I'm in pure hell. I haven't either. I'm sorry. Uh, I've heard about it. It's the one. It's like Star Wars, right? Uh, you know, you <laughs> I think it's adorable that you guys really try to disagree as if you can't like like they're not that similar, but they're pretty similar. No, they're different. They're completely. They're different. pretty different. I, I think mean, they're quite well, different, and I haven't seen one of them. <laughs> well, they're both in space. That's racist. <laughs> Against whom? Against space fiction. It, it's spacist. Uh, let's jump into our anger segment now. Uh, I never complimented Oh, it. shit. Steven. <laughs> hey, Steven. What? Guess what? Hey. I cut out that part, so it's just your turn to compliment, and I never missed it. Great. It sounds like everything's going great. It's such a good uh, show. My compliment is actually right after yours. Uh, when the robots made drinks... Um and handed the drink to the main guy. He took a sip and he said, ah, just how I like it. Shaken, not stirred. And if you listen, a guy in the audience laughs really, really, really hard at that non-joke. Yeah. yeah. So my compliments for that extra, for really just making the most of your one opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it also was... His resume, like, my yeah. laugh was the distinctly audible one during short circuit. <laughs> yeah. It's like he had never heard a joke before. It was like, oh my god, that's a reference. I get that reference. <laughs> also, it was, a, it was a gin and tonic, not yeah. a martini, yeah. so it also doesn't really make any sense, but... Yeah. I thought yeah, that was okay. sort of scoffing laugh. Maybe that was just what I wanted it to be. I uh, it it could have like, been. <laughs> you think you... That's not even how jokes work. I think, like, a scoffing laugh is usually, like, one, like, ha, or, like, two, like a Nelson and... The Simpsons, ha ha. Right. But this was like this was like a sustained, like from the gut sort of. Yeah, maybe laugh. it's more like an yeah, ironic. It was certainly laugh. a chortle, at least. Yeah, yeah. not more. And maybe Definitely this a chortle. Is, yeah. Maybe this is a compliment to the CEO for stalking the crowd with his buddies, who he knew would laugh at that joke. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what it was—just a company man. Yeah. 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 Maybe well, it was just like the the weirdest, most expensive open mic night of all time. <laughs> 
11 million dollars each for these which by the way is a good price uh, but 11 yeah. million dollars each for these war robots we just blew up some tanks uh, and I've got a tight three about gin and tonics <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's jump into our anchor segment now. Uh, we have all been hit. I don't know if you guys felt it, but we've all been hit by hatening. And now we're malfunctioning. So in any order, what is something you didn't like about this movie? Nothing. I was going to say, I feel like this really is a malfunction because this movie is great. Yeah. Well, do we want to discuss the brown face anymore? Oh, well, there is that. Yeah, I guess we're not sneaking out the racism this time. We, we should probably just get that out of the way, well, so, right? What's, so he's playing in a, a character with an Indian accent, and he's wearing like this thick brown makeup. But the character is from Bakersfield and Pittsburgh, and they... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have an issue with that especially, like... Actually, that's one thing I, I hate the most, is not only did they do this, they were clearly so uncomfortable about it that they made a joke that violated their own universe by he's, saying that yeah. he's from America anyway, like, with that well, heavy he accent. he could be American and, like, first generation. Yeah, but, but he, what, he, was, he's like he said his ancestors were from Pittsburgh. Or second gen. I don't know. Second generation, yeah. you got to get more, a higher percentage of your uh, colloquialisms correct. <laughs> His whole character yeah. was misquoting idioms, uh, and uh, yeah. by second that, generation, you know them better. That was yeah. his entire thing. It was just weird. Like, why do that? I, I just don't understand why they had to do that, other than stereotypes, and I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't either. I originally, like, the first time I saw Breakfast at Tiffany's, there's that really horrible upstairs neighbor yeah. character, and I was like, well, it was a different time, uh, but this is much more similar time, right? By the late 80s, shouldn't we have known this wasn't okay? Or, like, I guess the thing that confuses me is also it seems like it's supposed to be really funny. Yeah. And it's not and at e- all. Even that one anything, guy who laughs at every joke in this movie didn't laugh at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even get shaken, not stirred, guy. Yeah, yeah, it was just... I don't know. It, it was really weird. But uh, there was... Uh, there was that, and there was the weird, like... Uh, misogynist humor where it was, you know, like basically for not wanting to go out and uh, like hobnob with the people at the cocktail party. Steve or Steve Gutenberg, you know, is like or what was it? Like, I'm sorry. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I just failed. My brain broke. A literal short circuit. Yeah. I had a short circuit. <laughs> Struck by lightning, and now he's more charming than ever before. But, uh, apparently, apparently, going out and schmoozing at ho- cocktail parties is considered wearing the dress in the relationship, yeah. according to yeah. Mr. Stevens' character. Yeah, which seems yeah. weird. Like, why put on a dress to not go to a party? <laughs> if you're specifically going to stay in all night? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, comfort. It's, you can Just wear do what I do and wear, wear a blanket. <laughs> I'll give you guys a hate since you're having trouble coming up with other ones because there are some things that are really problematic about this movie besides that. Uh, here's my biggest hate. Uh, when he's making pancakes, uh, and he does it badly, and that's part of the fun, but he reads from the the cookbook to keep beating them, and then he says, still lumpy, and he stirs some more, and anyone who makes pancakes knows that you still want the batter to be a little bit lumpy. The worst sin in pancake making is overmixing. 
Yeah. Well, that just tells you Johnny Five is over-literal when he doesn't know things about the world. Well, it also bugged me in that scene that he was reading the recipe when he, like, he can read super fast and uh, he would commit it to memory. Yeah, so why, why did yeah. he need to keep consulting it? Yeah, why wouldn't he store it in that, like, uh, 12K of RAM that he had back then? Yeah. Nope. Speaking of kitchen stuff, it, you know, like, Ali Sheedy's character has all these animals all over her house. And every time they show her house, they show, like, miscellaneous kittens or something else mm-hmm. around there. Those kittens get awfully close to that turned-on stove most of the time. <laughs> I was so afraid that a kitten was going to get scorched. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, as could, like, I'm glad they didn't. Could be a couple of hey, movie it that it worried. didn't happen. No. No, it caused me great worry. Yeah. And I didn't like that. And as someone who doesn't enjoy eating cat hair, I also was worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the few. <laughs> One of the I know few. a lot of people love nothing more, but... <laughs> I'm not among them. That is one of the five hairs that I would not like to eat. <laughs> there are only five? Yeah, only five. Okay, what What, what are the other four? Go, yeah. Uh, is one of them pubic? Yeah, cat, dog, pubic, Wookiee, and uh, anybody in the musical hair. Okay, so, but like, you would eat Nicolas Cage's hair. Oh, I'd pay oh, for are that, the, right? Are the cast members of the musical hair referred to as hairs? <laughs> yeah, it's that's weird that the you name. spent... It's weird that you spent one of your five hair restrictions on fictional hair. <laughs> so, like, Wookiee, no, but, like, Wampa, yes. Sure, I w- oh, yeah. Oh, I would love I would love some Wampa hair. Yeah, or Ewok. Just make a stew out of oh, Ewok, Ewok hair. Well, I'd eat the whole Ewok. They look so delicious. Okay. Is that I, weird? I agree completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have another now hate. I, think about it. I have another hate. Uh, how come when the military police are running around trying to stop things, they blow the whistle so many times? What is with who's? Why does the military have so many whistles? It was just the one guy. It was just the main guy who was blowing yeah, the whistle. Schroeder. I think that was just a character choice. Yeah, where they're like, we want him to be ineffectual, but seem you know like, like doing whatever he can to show power, even though like he doesn't. Really have the power he true. wants as a as a metaphor for power that is ineffective. Blowing a whistle uh-huh. is like the top. Yeah. yeah, it's like the rape whistle they give you in college. Yeah, doesn't do anything. Well, I mean, besides make a noise, it does make a noise. Which, uh, although I never tried it, so because it said not to. You never rape tried blowing the whistle ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's they specifically gave instructions. It was like, do not blow this unless it's actually an emergency. And uh, because I am uh, an unattractive, uh, large do- guy, no one has tried to put me into an emergency. <laughs> so I just never got to try the whistle. I wasn't going to, like, use it for fun. It said not well, to. I guess, I mean, that's the thing, is whistles aren't actually fun. When are whistles fun? Never. I Maybe really? at a rave, but that's it. Yeah. What, well, what about, like, Carnival? What? Okay, Carnival, yes. Also, like... Uh, Alongside a uh, the the beat of an '80s rap song, maybe. Yeah, but that's not when you're personally like. It's fun to hear a whistle sometimes, but when are you like, "Hey guys, let's just go blow a bunch of whistles"? <laughs> Clearly, you didn't know me at age five. Yeah, when's the last time you've blown a whistle? Because it is super fun. What? <laughs> yeah, what about? Yeah, like like a get like a metal whistle like one oh, with the bead? that people are wearing an at Acme Thunder or something. Get like the that. good one. Yeah, get the one with the little cork ball that blows around in it or something like that. You will have the time for of your vibrato life. Vibrato is really? what that's for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? It's, it's super fun. fun. It's satisfying. It gives the satisfying rumble that you can't really get you can't anywhere else in your life. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning a lot right now. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, so I have a completely unrelated hate, except for <laughs> no, thunder. Let's talk about whistles. Uh, <laughs> uh, whistle podcast. Let me now. just guess, Chris. Your hate is for the Flo Rida song "Whistle." No, actually, I have a problem. No, with that nor song. is it for the whistle song. Mm. Um, in fact, it's for the time that when Johnny Five is fighting all the other robots. When he rolls into an outhouse, or when one one of the robots rolls into an outhouse, the outhouse explodes in a geyser of shit. Yeah. Which shouldn't really happen in real life. I mean, it depends on how the shit was packed before that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... Whether it was being stored under great pressure. Exactly. Yeah, well, you're probably right. We don't know who is the manager of that outhouse. Right, it was in the middle of the woods, right? That was not clear why... Yeah, it was incredibly unclear. But there are other things like that that just for, like, they make a mess for comic effect rather than actually, uh, you know, being realistic. And I want my robots realistic, thank you. Especially your robot shit-blowing-up situations. You want that to be as realistic as possible. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. If a robot rolls into an outhouse in the woods and it explodes, is there a geyser of shit? (laughs) See, we're getting as metaphysical the, again, and I... As the adage goes. I'm just not ready for it. <laughs> so I have... Uh, I don't know if this counts as a hate, but I was thinking about this movie because it's uh, it's an amazing movie with just, like, a couple obvious flaws. But it's so good, and, like, it was weird because I feel like it got, like, mixed reviews when it came out, and people, yes. like, don't really consider it a classic. But if it, like, I feel like the quality has gone down so much in today's world that if this came out, it would be, like, movie of the decade because it's so <laughs> fucking good in every single way. But I was thinking, could they just re-release this, basically, with only changing, like, what would they have to change? Like, what are the things that seem like anachronisms to me? So one is Fisher Stevens' Indian character. Uh-huh. Do away with that. Update the, like, the technology a little bit. Like, nothing with Johnny Vibe, but just, like, update, like, the screens and stuff like that. And then yeah. the only other major thing that seems completely out of place in today's world is, like, I do not believe for a second that the main female character would own her own home. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Even like, in a story of the water. Yeah, I don't believe, like, the, her flood insurance for month would be more than she makes a year. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't buy it. Be- be- so that those are, but those are the only things that feel wrong to me. Yeah, if you made back in the eighties, you could make a, a movie with a lot of people owning houses that you couldn't now. Yeah, no, absolutely not. She would live in like an apartment. Yeah. It would cost too much money. She wouldn't be able to be a, a, a snack van driver. Yeah, she wouldn't have a raccoon pet. In an although apartment. food trucks are a thing now. Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, a, totally, but you know, I don't think they're. They own their own homes. No, she doesn't. Well, Sorry, food also, truck drivers. They're also rather breezy about the like domestic violence situation that she seems to be getting out uh, of. Oh, I forgot yeah, to no, that's true. In my summary, she has an abusive ex-boyfriend who comes around every once in a while. Yeah. With and a gun. A loaded with, gun. Yeah, with a loaded gun. Well, and she a fights trucker him off hat, with a baseball he wears, hat. He wears a baseball jean bat. jacket and jeans and a denim shirt. The, the, in his defense, though, the, he didn't bring the gun around until he thought he was stealing a war robot. Good point, Alex. <laughs> when yeah, he was just going to steal a three-legged dog, he knew you know he was didn't funny? need a gun. Because he found out that she knew about it, like, one like night he was out drinking with the boys, and then he keeps playing pool, and then, like, when he does go over, it's the next day, and he's driving frantically like he needs to get over there. Why didn't he just go there then? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. his motivation makes no sense. 
Mm-hmm. Also, priorities trying, are all screwed up. He was trying to yeah. steal the dog for uh, to put into a carrier that just said medical research. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the other thing. That's not how medical research works, right? It's not just. Well, I assume not, that they're not. Yeah, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we accept dogs. Yeah, it's all stolen just, dogs. Come on Guys, by people... and grab one of our carriers and bring it back with a dog inside. Yeah, they gave him a carrier without him already having a dog. What's why? Why are they doing that? I don't. I don't. And it's also like if it. <laughs> the problem is people keep stealing our carriers. Let's put medical research on the carrier, not the name of our organization. Let's just say what the animal is go- like. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Although he does, I guess he did accidentally make a pretty decent pun because he said, come on, he's on his last legs. And he really does only have three legs left. I- <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> The following Space Shark Adventure was brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Use that address anytime you buy stuff on Amazon, and a percentage goes to read it and weep. Born in the fires of a space volcano and or created in a NASA lab, depending on whether you believe episode number 80 or 150, he bravely fought in the Space Crusades for both sides. Now Space Shark travels the galaxy, locked in perpetual battle with his nemesis and best friend, Pirate Lion. Give up, Space Shark! You're surrounded on all sides by my 37 space schooners, and each one has 56 space cannons pointed directly at you. You won't be able to do the math or escape. Rawr! That's what you think, Pirate Lion. You weren't expecting this! Arr! What are you going to do with that cantaloupe? Shiver me, Lion Timbers! Are you okay? I want you dead, but by my hand, not at a random act of Space Zeus. <sighs> Jeez, that lightning got you good, man. I guess it's kind of like that rule in American football, where he's not down if he trips, but then you touch him and then he's down. If I shoot you, I still get credit for the kill. Wait, wait, don't, don't kill me. I feel different. By Space Poseidon's peg leg, did that lightning strike turn you into a wisecracking robot that's kind of alive? No, I just have a headache and I peed myself a little. Yeah, lightning will do that. Well, time to kill you. Space pirates, ready all the cannons. Wait, wait a second. You, you'd, you'd kill a guy who just got struck by lightning? It's an American football rule. That's fucked up. Pirate Lion, you're so purely evil, it's fundamentally changed me. From now on, I'm not a friend to all and a ruthless killer. I'm just a friend to all, except you. No? Aren't you worried that an unambiguous main character would be boring to anyone listening to our adventures, hypothetically speaking? Actually, I I think it'll make it a lot easier for them to enjoy. I'll probably develop some fatal flaw from this lightning strike like hubris or long-term physical deterioration, but that'll be enough for the kids to keep listening, hypothetically speaking, of course. But what if you're wrong? Then Space Zeus can strike me where I stand! That's some well-timed lightning. Uh, I peed myself again. You're very well hydrated. I respect that. Hey, Prairie Lion, look over there. A cantaloupe. I suppose I could use the vitamin C. Hey, where'd you go, Space Shark? There was never any cantaloupe, you clever sharky bastard. Avast. Tis time we be sailing away towards that distant star, me mateys. Hoist the space sails. 
Brought to you by read-week.com slash Amazon. Buy everything you need for your next great adventure from Amazon.com and support our show at the same time. Just bookmark read-week.com slash Amazon and use it anytime you buy anything. Space Shark! Space Shark! Space Shark! Space Shark! He's a friend to all that... It's time for our, our next game. Uh, this was as requested by Dave from Santa Rosa, our sponsor. He wanted to hear us play Yours is Not a Very Good War Robot. So Dave is concerned that this war robot can't even go upstairs, which is very reasonable if he's fighting a war in a mansion or something, I guess. <laughs> in that M.C. Escher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in an Escher painting. Uh, then it'd be a big issue. But assuming that he's uh, he's not, what other problems does he have as a war robot, you guys? So if you're if you're a, an assassin robot, essentially, his his job is to get behind enemy lines and hide and take out things until it's time to blow up the nuke. So your you yours is not a very good war robot if your eyes turn bright ass red right before you're gonna shoot anything. It's <laughs> yeah. like oh, you know, like how do I know that your laser is engaged? Like, yeah. are you gonna quick draw me? No, your eyes are bright red. I better run. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also not not like impervious to bullets which seems like yeah. a weird choice really like, especially yeah very very much pervious to bullets <laughs> <laughs> bullet permeable i think they say when it's yeah. watercolor pencils or something. yeah um, as bullet permeable as you or me yeah yeah which seems like a weird thing when it's like a person-sized robot that they're like it's gonna stroll into moscow and nobody's gonna know like I, i'm not sure how that's actually gonna go down oh i have a like, guess oh, there's this <laughs> I, my guess is he'll be wearing a trench coat and a top trench hat. coat. Yep, yep. <laughs> and being operated by some small, lovable child. No one will notice. Uh, or yeah. maybe it's two robots on top on each other's shoulders with one trench coat. That seems that seems ideal. He's also, in addition to being bulletproof, he's also super susceptible to being hit by a pipe later on. Oh yeah. Well, right. and water. Which and like water? in any in any condition other than like well they're they were worried about him getting all wet. Getting wet. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. And water. Yeah. He's yeah, water, he's a very pervious a lot of robot. Stuff that can't happen. Yeah. Yours is not a very good war robot when you have a giant red button that just turns you off that anyone yeah. can push. Yeah, big it's external off switch. Uh yours is not a very good war robot if he's so afraid of being disassembled but has no problem powering down other robots. I feel like you need a better moral compass in a war robot. Yeah. But isn't the understanding that he, after being struck by lightning, which is in this case is sort of a weird, like, hand of God situation, like, he's no longer a good war bot in the eyes of Nova Corps either? Yeah, well, that's true. And I I guess that's my issue is that uh, yours is not a very good war robot if all it takes is a power surge to turn him into a peacenik. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, good point. I mean, if he's if he's recharging somewhere, you know, in uh, in Moscow, you think they yeah. don't have like power surges there? Yeah, like, how good yeah. Do you think I don't their infrastructure actually really know is? what his power source is because he runs for a long time without being plugged in. Maybe it's nuclear. Well, yeah, because it is nuclear because that's in the name of them. Oh, that's right, Saint. I thought it was nuclear transport as far as like he's designed to carry a bomb. Yeah, I thought that too, but I guess it makes sense that he's a nuclear powered transport. Or like the laser is the nuke part, but there's. I imagine if you have a nuke, there's just little nukes all over the place. Yeah, he's just just a bunch of nukes. This might be further evidence that I just like. I'm never paying attention to anything ever, but I'm just wondering. There's a (laughs) because there's a. I feel like I'm really proving this with every episode. 
doesn't he get like powered off and then somehow magically power himself back on? He does. He that does. does. Back so back and then, yeah. so at that point, I feel like. It's sort of that same thing of like, like that person's been dead for four yeah. years. Like yeah. he's like very much magical in ways that it was. Don't it was really Shakespearean the way he with... pretended to be dead and then popped up later and killed everybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he also throws off the the trail at the end by uh, building a decoy out of spare parts, and then when they destroy the decoy, the army guys think that they've destroyed Johnny Five. A literal yeah. scrap heap, if you will. <laughs> oh, I. I do think that's, uh, again, as for, like, thinking about him as being alive, I think it's weird that he would say, I'm alive, but these other war robots are not alive, and so it's totally fine to just murder them. Uh, that's a weird... Right? Yeah. Well, he didn't murder them. He he just... He took them and reprogrammed them. Well, the one that they... He, like, built a decoy to be murdered. Yeah, but, well, I think that was just spare parts. He cloned himself. Was... He's like, I'm alive. I'm building a clone of myself for spare parts to die. No, it's like if you built a human from your spare parts and then just sent them off running in a straight line. I would love to know what anyone's spare parts are. <laughs> They're in the truck, Tanya. Yeah, you don't just have, like, lame legs and arms just lying around ready to snap in? Just in case. Snap into what? <laughs> Arm sockets. Yeah. Why is there no safety system on this robot? Like, he just, they're like, just go, go to bed, and then they don't check to see if the robots go to bed? It's very sloppy. Yeah, maybe. Although maybe, it is a war robot, it's it's not designed to be a safety robot. Well, but yeah. a lot of I don't know if you know this, Chris, but a lot of things in the war are are dangerous uh, to friendly people, and that that's something you have to kind of watch out for. Nah. Like I don't know if you've ever watched uh, read statistics about this, but like three out of three helicopters crash. So there's, like, <laughs> there's a lot of dangerous things you just have to do. I guess my point is, even though Dave asked us to play Yours is Not a Very Good Robot, I want to just cut some slack to Mambo Number 5 and say Yours is Not a Very Good War Robot Training Center, and it's not his fault. Oh, yeah. Mambo Number 5 just rolled on out of that place. It really is Nova's like... issue for not having a better fence or security system, or if you're attracted to a trash can sexually, you can just waltz right out of there. Was he sexually attracted to that trash can? It seemed like it to me. I mean, that's a hard... I think you're taking a leap there a little bit. <laughs> there there are a couple of ambiguous moments where it's unclear if we're going somewhere sexual or not. Like he when he follows the like serving robot mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. has that little like tail. Oh, that like little tail. And it's unclear yeah. if it's like, oh, is this is he like a cat chasing a string or is yeah. he like look at the backside on that robot? Like <laughs> It really it is, is hard to it tell. Is I mean, all and he you know, says... it is completely clear. Why would you think he's trying to fuck that robot? There's no, there's no context for a young robot. <laughs> also, no, when not. he sees Ali Sheedy in the bath, he goes, "Nice software." Yeah, yeah okay. which there is you go. But that's sexual. Yeah, but that's like quoting '80s shit. That sounds like what an 80s, '80s shit said that. I don't know. I can just picture like a little asshole kid saying that when he sees like a nice like, software, woman in a robe. Though? Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you guys are projecting sexuality on an oddly robot. sexual robot. Well, this is an asexual robot, I mean, and you're projecting sexuality I'll on tell you it. Something. An oddly sexual war machine. Just don't worry about it. I'm no, sure there's nothing sexual. Fine. They didn't give it a big dick or anything. <laughs> Besides the prehensile appendage that it comes from the middle of him. He does. Uh, we're playing Make One Change. That's my change. <laughs> is that he has a giant dick. <laughs> But, like, nothing else changes and nobody ever comments on it. (laughs) 
All right, you guys, let's do the second half of our compliment sandwich. We're going to go in reverse order this time. So, Stephen, you are up first. What is your major compliment? Yeah, um, I don't want to oversell anything, I guess, but my compliment is to every single person who worked on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Except for whoever decided to make Fisher Stevens Indian. Bad job. Bad job. But everybody else, like, I love this movie. I love everybody who worked on it. I don't care (laughs) how bad they are. (laughs) I love them. You love Steve Gutenberg? Yeah, for this movie and this movie alone, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't think of another time I've enjoyed Steve Gutenberg. I enjoyed Police Academy 2. I never saw the Police Academy. Is the sequel to this really fun, Steven? So he's not in the sequel, by the right, way. Right, right. Uh, so actually, that's interesting. So I saw the sequel first when I was growing up. I was, yeah, me I watched, too. I, like, Short Circuit 2 was, like, the movie that I saw, because I feel like it was on TV a lot when I was yeah, growing up. I agree. And then I saw the first one. I didn't like it as much, um, just because 2 is more fun. It's just, like, the wacky comic relief character from this one and Johnny Five. And, like, you know, getting into hijinks in the big city. That's more fun to be a kid than, like, oh, running away from some fucking idiot military people. But uh, re-watching this after, like, I do like this one a lot now, and I don't know. We'll have to watch Short Circuit, too, soon Whoa. to figure it out. So it's what? just Fisher Stevens and Brownface the whole time? And- yeah. I thought Fisher Stevens was Indian until I saw the movie Hackers. Oh. <laughs> what? So what if... The, wait, that is the best sentence I've ever said. But go ahead. <laughs> So what if Fisher Stevens is Indian and that he was actually just in whiteface in all the other movies? That's, it's, uh... New conspiracy theory. Super unlikely. <laughs> yeah. what, what is the... It's what are, as likely as my Starbucks origin story. Yeah, that's true. What is the Illuminati trying to accomplish with that is my question. It's just, it's just uh, getting a giggle out of it. They're just having a good time at our expense. Yeah, yeah that's possible. I, I hope they let uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z stay together, by the way. I don't know if you yeah, if you guys are listening, but it's my vote. Illuminati, please allow that to happen. Yeah, mm. they're listening, so please. <laughs> I, wait, are we st- Are you really talking about the breakup conspiracy theory right now? No, I'm talking about the other conspiracy theory about them as applied to the reality of a potential breakup. Sort of a rev- double like reverse. The- wow. <laughs> You may have short-circuited me. I was going to say, I, feel, I thought we had moved on to now she's pregnant again. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh. I, okay, so you are just behind in the news cycle. Yeah, I am behind in the news cycle. Uh, good job, okay. Illuminati, though. It was just that I, ha- I just wrote that joke a couple days ago, weeks ago, and uh, it just only came out now. Got it. <laughs> All right. Good job, Illuminati, on getting Beyonce pregnant. Yeah, I'm Whoa. glad they let her what? do that. Well, you don't think that it was what? just the normal way, do you? Yeah. I don't, I don't like what's happening. <laughs> great, now I'm going to spend this day Googling Beyonce. Sounds like a great day. <laughs> I just had other things to do. <laughs> Did Jay Z right, announce? All right, sorry. Yeah, where are I, we in the. Right, I should finish the show. I think I just went. You, he, then I started talking went. about Short Circuit too. He did. Uh, so it's my turn. My minor compliment is I this is a small thing, but I just love construction sites with conveniently placed ramps. They make the world a more exciting place <laughs> for oh, a rolling man. robot, especially for rolling robots. Yeah. Also, the van to... that they used all had ramps instead of steps up to the driver area. Yeah, it was. They all. Everything was made made of ramps. a lot of ramps. Yeah, which is great when you have a rolling robot. But also, just like I don't know, how many times have like 
you know, classic uh, Fast and the Furious moment where there's like just the truck back is open of a, at a construction site and a car jumps over a bunch of other cars. It's just, I just like a world where there's a lot of accidental ramps for the, just such an occasion. It's great. Yeah, no argument here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, nobody, nobody has anything to say that couldn't have been put more perfectly by you just then. Uh-huh. Oh, thanks. That's sweet. We're all behind you on a slight grade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tanya, oh, you know Tanya, you're last. Chris, what's your minor compliment? Uh, my minor compliment is for Ali Sheedy in this movie. I think she's really fun, and um, they got a really, you know, I think the robots and everything else uh, got good performances out of the cast in general. But I just thought when she was explaining the world to Johnny Five, like she was ridiculously like uh, effervescent and charming, and like, okay, here's the floor, and like the opposite of the floor is the ceiling, and we live here, and like all this stuff, and I just I thought that she was really good yeah and then like two hours into him being a new life she teaches him about death which is pretty intense yeah yeah well decision making wasn't great for that character but no ever never that was her thing was bad decision making but you're right that like i totally bought her acting when she was interacting with a robot puppet like yeah she did a great yeah. job with that she did a good or job there's with that that, that one shot where she's in the truck and like the camera's just looking at her and you can see johnny five's hands uh-huh. she's like a, like kind of reaching out to his hands and like doing all this stuff and yeah oh and when she finally hugs him like it feels like a real thing yeah yeah, yeah. not not sexually charged but a real thing no yeah he doesn't like cop a feel or anything of her soft it's hug yeah. yeah it's just a normal hug steven I'm the. Uh, Anya, what's your minor compliment? <laughs> um, gosh, there are so many things I could say, but I I have to point out I really like the little snippets of '80s TV that we get when Johnny Five is like catching up watching. TV. Oh yeah. Um, and my favorite thing that I saw on the television in the movie is this Alaska Airlines commercial yeah. where at one point. <laughs> A passenger is handed an airline ticket, and he kisses it. <laughs> like, oh boy, here's my big moment. Gonna get on that metal bird in the sky, and this ticket is the only thing that's gonna allow for it. This yeah. is like, my ticket out of here. Yeah. It just was the most ludicrous, and also, like, I don't know, it just it reminded me of a time when, like, air travel was that rarefied and special. And fun, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everybody had leg room, and it didn't cost that much. Yeah, uh, and there were just like these. Like, you got the whole soda like, can, hats and yeah, pantyhose. You could ask for the whole can; tickets. they'd give you the whole can. Although this is pre-Wi-Fi, which I guess is one thing we have to look look forward to in the future. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Oh man, you guys, I forgot. Can I? Uh, I had another compliment. Yeah, go for it, Chris. We have time. Okay. I have a bunch more. We're only, oh, okay. we're only five, ten minutes over. <laughs> okay, um, so. My favorite thing in this entire movie was there was this crazy moment where um, basically Novacorp uses the other prototypes to try to hunt down Johnny Five, mm-hmm. um, and Johnny Five is doing guerrilla warfare to like capture them one at a time. So like he throws mud at one and then turns it off, and then he <laughs> and catches one. They're in very a, in a permeable to mud too. They're just ah mud on my face. Yeah. I give up. But after he finishes like destroying or turning off three of these robots. He has them all in a line, and they're, like, all beat up and stuff like that. He has their, like, essentially robot corpses. And he's just, like, whistling to himself like he's unhinged Colonel Kurtz <laughs> deep in the Vietnam jungle. Where yeah. he's like, 
He is a little unhinged. With himself surrounded by the bones of his enemies, and I just thought it was like this weird, off, like unsettling part of the movie. It is unsettling. Yeah. It'd be even weirder if he has a giant penis, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and no one talks about it. <laughs> Nobody mentions it. He just has a really rock-hard robot boner. <laughs> I want to one-change this back. I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> That's so unfair. All right, you guys, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back in next week talking about the book Ghost by John Ringo. Oh, Johnny Ringo. Wow. Johnny Ringo. Why are you back again? Yeah, uh, we had no fun with him the first time, uh, but it, it'll be good. Yeah, you're you're no Daisy. Uh, that one was pretty good. I don't know if anyone, no one got it too good. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so this was sponsored by Richard from Manchester, who wants us to read some more John Ringo, because apparently we didn't get enough the first time, and he also included some trigger warnings for a potential guest, because this one has some nasty shit in it. So apparently it's not just conservatives in space this time. There's also, it's got some Randian qualities, other <laughs> other Randian qualities. That's I've said enough. Yeah. So that's coming up next week. Thanks, Richard. Thanks a lot. No, really, thank you. Thanks for sponsoring uh, No Refunds. Also, thank you, Dave, from Santa Rosa. I uh, really appreciate you sponsoring this. What a joy. Isn't this way better than Ghost, everybody? The John Ringo book, not the the movie. But Whoopi. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sadly, not enough Whoopi in the John Ringo book. Uh, Uh, Thank you very much, Dave. I'll... uh, I'll come over later today, maybe, and we'll watch football. Just, just gonna start calling you at home, Dave. Yep. Very neat. I know wait. for a fact Dave's a Giants fan. I mean, a 49ers fan. Ooh. Do you know that for a fact? Yes. And he's also what? a San Francisco Giants fan. But, hey, yeah. go ahead and go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow, things are things are falling apart between Dave <laughs> and Steven at a rapid pace. Can it be a friendly rivalry? <laughs> Nope, that's the All right. half an hour. That was the whole hour. Just the rise and well, fall Dave, of David. I hope David's you step theme. your toe. <laughs> I hope it's when you're really eating your snacks at the football game, you bite the inside of your cheek. I, uh, it's hard because I was already picturing you giving a best man toast at my wedding and everything. And <laughs> now you're going to be worst man at my wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a tradition we should have. It is a tradition. We'll add that. I'm going to read about my wedding in the newspaper like everyone else, Dave. <laughs> That is a sick but very New York burn. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, anyway, so we'll be talking about that next week. Join us again. Thank you for listening. Sponsors, you can go to read-weep.com. Sign up on the mailing list. Also, feedback. Always a pleasure. We all love hearing from you. Read-weep.com. Uh, there's a contact button. Or you can go to facebook.com slash weep or at read underscore weep on Twitter, which, despite being hard to say, plenty of people seem to have found, which, thank you, guys. <coughs> So that's it. We're back uh, at C. Walter Smith. Oh, at, uh-huh. and at the Tanya Best. Thanks for being here, you guys. Of course there's a van. Also, <laughs> at Carter Street 42, you can listen for more. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter for more delightful uh, things that he says about being Niners fans. Also, I rarely tweet anymore, but I, one day I will again. So, so follow me for the follow me <laughs> for ten years from now. It's a long term <laughs> investment if you follow Stephen on Twitter. You're giving your future self. What about uh, do you Instagram? Is Instagram better? Uh, I don't know. I just I don't do anything. <laughs> follow follow Stephen in real life. 
Yeah, but just follow me around. Follow oh, Steven down the street. <laughs> I make a lot of witty goes. observations, but just to the people in my general area. So. I just sort of yell them, so if you're nearby, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Boy, that's good falafel. Oh, baby.